Hallelujah. Let's turn our Bibles tonight. Hallelujah. The Acts, the second chapter, verse 1 through 4. And I'm going to read another section of it. This is the birth of the church, the calling out, the raising, as it were, an army out of dry bones, a nation that has never been called a nation, a people that have never been a people. And it says this, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were with all one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they began, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, if you would look down at verse 14. And it says, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice, and he said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these men are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel, that it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens will I pour out my spirit in those days, pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above, signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and notable day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the birth of the church. Some people say, well, they received the the Holy Ghost in the Old Testament when Jesus was preaching, no. They received an illumination of the Holy Ghost. But the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not glorified. Amen? And so the day of the end times started on the day of Pentecost. It's the end times started at the birth of the church. In the beginning of the last days, God began to equip the church for a time that had never been the same and that would never be the same on planet Earth. It began the church, the family of faith, the family of God, the brotherhood, one with another. And in the equipping or the outpouring of the church was the provision of power from on high. This Holy Ghost, this presence, this person ascended in order to equip the church to do that which the church was being set into motion to do. In Acts 10.38, it says, as Peter began to preach to the Gentiles, he said, 
that God hath anointed Jesus Christ with power, authority, the right, and with the Holy Ghost, and he went about doing good and healing all those that were oppressed of the devil. Jesus came equipped for a purpose. He came with the authority and the right to use nine divine gifts that had never been in any one individual at any time of man's history. Jesus came equipped with the gifts of the Holy Ghost to heal all those that were oppressed by the enemy, by the devil. God is not in the oppressing business. He is in the liberating business. Could I get an amen? That word oppressed means to exercise control over. It means to rule as one's Lord. It means to have ultimate authority over the actions and the purposes and the fulfillment of the will of the one being lorded. It means that sickness and disease, blindness, deafness, palsies, insanity are all the establishments of the beginning of the rule of the kingdom of darkness. Could I get an amen? See, we think it's normal, but it's not normal. Jesus came to reestablish normality. He came to free man from the penalty of sin. He came to free man from Satan's dominion. Now, Jesus did two things in his coming. The first was that he set free those under the Abrahamic covenant free from the curse of the law. But he did not redeem them, but he come to free them out from under the curse of the law. Thus, healing was a part of the blessing under the old covenant of Abraham. He is the God that takes sickness out of the midst of us, and he puts none of it upon us. But then the second stage of Jesus begins when he goes to the cross. This is a substitutionary work of Jesus Christ that is carried out on the behalf of all men. And Jesus doesn't come just to free us from the penalty of sin. He comes to destroy the very throne of its master. And he casts out the prince of this world. And he causes us to take a position of leadership and lordship through righteousness that is given to us in Christ Jesus. Come on, could I get an amen? So Jesus comes in order, equipped in order to free those that are being penalized by the power of sin. Yet Jesus comes in one sense an ordinary man because he takes upon him the form of a fleshly man. He takes upon him Hebrews 2, 14, 15, and 16, he comes and takes upon him the nature of flesh and blood. He comes and takes upon him the nature of Abraham's seed. He comes as a normal man, empowered with authority, equipped with nine divine gifts to declare his purpose. Could I get an amen? amen. Jesus was made flesh. He humbled himself, did not exalt himself, but he came as a man 
and was made in the fashion of a man. Yet he comes equipped by the Holy Ghost. Just like you and I, ordinary individuals who are supernaturally empowered, not by earthly ability, but by a heavenly infusion of power or an endowment or an enablement, receive the ability to demonstrate God's will to a world that has lost any instruction or reality of it. Come on, hallelujah. The world has no concept of the will of God. They count tragedies, the act of God. They count poverty. I wonder why God put that on them. They cause famine. I wonder why God wants that to happen. And the list goes on and on. But those things do not declare the will of God. Only men supernaturally infused and equipped by God can establish an unquestionable, unshakable revelation of God's will. Come on, hallelujah. And so we... As individuals, as we receive the infilling of the Holy Ghost, as we receive God's endowment, Luke 24, 49, that go and tarry at Jerusalem until you be endued, until you be infused, until there is a resident source of power transfused into your being. Do not leave until you receive the person of the Holy Ghost so that you can go with power from on high. Somebody say from on high. Listen, ordinary men filled with the equipment of divinity for a divine purpose, for a divine time, for a divine demonstration. That is the church. Hallelujah. The church has too many times, and even in the time that we live in, taken second place to reason and to rhyme. But we are not to be governed by reason. We are to be motivated and stirred by the presence and the reality of the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Jesus guaranteed us the works that I do, you shall do also. Church never shirked our responsibility to demonstrate Christ in us, the hope of the revelation of his substitutionary work. Hallelujah. We do not have to make excuses. Well, what if it doesn't? What if it does? What if it doesn't? So find somebody else until it does. Hallelujah. Don't think that failures don't happen. Simply don't let failures paralyze the working of God in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes people when they miss God or something doesn't get healed or somebody doesn't get delivered. Well, that must have not been God. Oh, it could be God in a thousand ways. You just never know what evil is going to come upon you. You never know where the devil is going to flank you. But what you want to do is not lay down your banner of faith, not lay down the decrees of the scriptures, but pick them up and boldly go where God has called every believer to go. Come on. Hallelujah. And so you and I, 
Once we are born again, we are not normal men and women. If you've been touched by the redemptive plan of God, there's nothing common about you. Come on, there's nothing common about you. And God has a plan and a purpose for you. And it's not in some sweet by and by. And it doesn't fall in some special class. It is for anyone that desires to experience God's best in their life. The spirit-filled believer is the greatest weapon against false foundations of faith than any other source in the world. 1 Corinthians 2, 4 through 5. Please turn there with me. 1 Corinthians 2, 4 through 5. Paul comes in. And he's preaching to the church. And it says, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, the same equipment as Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And it says that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That will tell you why there is a raising up and an expansion of false doctrine, occults, and false religions in our nation. Why? Because men have given way to seducing, enticing words conjured up by men's wisdom. And they lead men astray. And the reason they lead men astray is because the church has laid down the equipment that God has filled it with and equipped it with, lest they should upset the cart of wisdom and rhyme in religion that is leading man by the multitudes of millions away from the cross, saying that here is a Christ and there is a Christ. But I'm here to tell you that Buddha is not your answer. Harry Christian is not your answer. Jehovah Witness is not your answer. Mormonism is not your answer. Listen, only Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, is the answer for the world today. But unless there is a demonstration of the believer being filled and equipped to do what only God can do, men will be enticed and they will follow the fiddler. But if a church will rise up, if the people of God will rise up and dare to let God be God, then God will be God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We do not have to fear what man has to offer. All we have to do is fear not to offer what God has offered. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. 1 Thessalonians 5. 1 Thessalonians 1.5. I'm sorry. 1 Thessalonians 1.5. Here Paul is again. It's amazing to me how much Paul accredits to signs and wonders being the very crust of the conversion of the masses. And it says this, For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost 
and in much assurance as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost, so that ye were examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. And from for from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith in God's word is spread abroad so that ye need not to speak anything. Notice that Paul says, my gospel, my gospel came with great confirmation of godly endowment. It did not come to you in just words. Word only is a half a proclamation of who Jesus Christ is. Did you hear what I said? A word only is a half a proclamation of who Jesus Christ is. You have your voice, your life. You have your voice, your testimony. But the Holy Ghost has a voice. And it is in demonstration and signs and wonders that calls and beckons men to forsake all religion and to have faith in God. Come on, have faith in God. We live in a world where we need to have faith in God. Come on, in God. Not a bunch of men wearing robes, weak-kneed, weak-backboned, spineless people that couldn't cast out a devil if the devil had two broke legs and one broke wing. Come on, we need to have somebody that's got some power that can do something besides talk a good talk. Hallelujah. It is the gospel with demonstration that brings faith to raise people up out of their affliction. They received the gospel in great affliction. The word affliction means in great trouble. It means in great distresses, in great tribulations, in great anguish and burdens and brokenness, suffering and afflictions and diseases that did not let them live free. But in the midst of it, there came a gospel. There came a gospel, not after man's wisdom, not explaining why you can't have, not explaining why you can't break through, not explaining why you can't rise up, but a gospel in demonstration and in power that gave birth to faith that rose up out of trouble and anguish, sickness and disease, and put their faith in an eternal God. Come on, shout hallelujah. We need to have the voice of the Holy Ghost in our lives today. And then, as they rose up out of faith, notice that it not only was it the demonstration, but it was the power to live right. The power to live right. And then, they became followers. They began to take on the characteristic, the lifestyle, the boldness, and the freshness, and the demonstration, the expectancy 
of the equipped believer. And it says there was so much about them that they received that people begin to hear about their faith. Nobody had to have a television program. Nobody had to send a mail. Nobody had to shoot off an email, a text. No, no, their faith because of where they had come from, because of how they have been called out, not by word only, but faith reached into the darkest regions of hopelessness and raised up a people that conquered and touched Macedonia and Achaia and all of the regions that heard their name would be the God our neighbors knew we were saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God, the Holy Ghost enables and fills us to bring the harvest. Jesus said the harvest is great, but our barns do not need to be rebuilt and expanded. Our tent borders do not have to be increased. The harvest is great. But the tools given to the church for revival and for a harvest lay in the corner of that was yesterday. But I'll tell you that Pentecost, the Holy Ghost, and its gifts are for the now believer. The now moment. The age of the church. It is time for the church to awaken itself. Hallelujah. Jesus says, I send you forth as lambs. What is a lamb? Well, it's born of another lamb. Jesus came as a lamb of God, free people from the curse and a redeemed man from the power of sin. Jesus says, I send you forth. Then he says in John 17, 18, God, as thou hast sent me, I send my church. How did they go? They went with power and with the Holy Ghost. I send you forth among wolves, those that are destructive, those that are deceptive, those that look like they are clothed with light as from heaven they shine with splendor but behind them is certain death the church has been commissioned and equipped to go and to do but if we do not rise up we do not shake ourselves if we do not embrace the equipment and the person of the Holy Ghost, his power and his desire, his leadership and his inspiration, his demonstration, his boldness, we are going to find the world being destroyed in pools of blood that will be accredited to the church's hand. I'm not preaching gloom and doom. I'm preaching awake. Come on, awake. The church is much like Paul. 
God do this, God do that. God says, look, I've given you grace. My grace is abundant. We do not need God's intervention. It has been given to us on the day of Pentecost. What we need to do is release the nine gifts of intervention, the miracle-working God, the power to transform human lives, to break down barriers, to loose the prisons, to raise the dead, to open blind eyes, to set the sick free. Listen, we have what God gave us, and what God gave us was enough to birth the church. It was enough to liberate those that came, and it is enough for today. Come on, it is enough. Waiting around for something that cannot supersede what God has done for us. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. As the church begins to move into these supernatural gifts, there will be no question the extent of the revelation and the clarity of who the Savior of the world really is. All other religions will not have to be told about, preached about, criticized, preached against, talked about, written about. Won't have to. Why? Because when truth comes, it unveils the light and destroys darkness. Nobody needs to be told that Buddha cannot help you. Only an imbecile that's ever been healed by God that has not been healed by God could ever have hope in Buddha. A fat statue that doesn't even eat what you bring him. What is wrong with people? That's how deceived the world can become when the church is silent from the third voice of demonstration. Hallelujah. Well, Confucius, why don't you go to his tomb and see if he's been transformed into anything yet? I believe in reincarnation. Well, it must be a slow process because he's still with us. And until he turned into a bug, a roach, or a butterfly, I'm not believing anything he said. Ignorance in speed warp people believe people that could not even save themselves first john hallelujah let me tell you what demonstration the holy ghost will do it will cause the faith of the church to be multiplied in a supernatural, unmeasurable way. Oh, but I thought hearing the word, yes, I understand, that as the word of God was preached, it increased. And the people were added. But 
when signs and wonders were done by a man named Peter and an apostle called John, the church brought its sick out and laid them on the streets, lest the shadow of Peter would fall upon them and they would be healed. When have you ever saw the church get that bold? Memorizing the Bible, the walking Bible, not believing in healing, not believing in the Holy Ghost, not believing in miracles. He's the walking Bible. He's not the walking Bible. He's a walking religion. But he's not the walking Bible. For my God is a healing God. My God is a miracle God. Come on, my God is a God of power. Hallelujah. Not just empty proclamations and repeating of words that have no life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Jesus. When you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you have the ability to glorify Christ and testify of his pre-existence and his present reality. When you demonstrate, you'll demonstrate the truth that will set people free. You'll overthrow lying devils, ask Ananias and Sapphira. You will break barriers of the fear of men in Acts 2, 37, where they said in the midst of their superiors, what must we do to be saved because of the Holy Ghost? You'll lead the captives out of dead religions in Acts 4. Many priests and Pharisees believed. You'll cause men to judge their theologies and to judge themselves. In Acts, the fifth chapter, the fear of the Lord fell upon the church. Acts 5, 12 through 16, faith explodes in a church, fearlessness, boldness, shamelessness, courage, and confidence is a reflection of the church. We are the spirit-filled church. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It doesn't matter what he has done, you can undo it. Now, I'm telling you, listen to me. No matter what he's done, what he is doing, what he has planned on doing, what he has in motion, no matter how long he has had it established, you can undo it. Greater, greater is he that is in you. The church cannot declare the fullness that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Ghost. We need his help. We need his gifts. How many of you are filled with the Holy Ghost today? All right, then you and I have been equipped by God 
Now, you can stay in the pen like a good lamb, or you can go looking so meek, so helpless, so powerless, and you can go and declare the gospel in the heart of the wolves. There's nothing that can stand against you. Why will we not go? Well, you know, that's just not my personality. Really. Yes, it is. It is your personality. It is in your DNA to love the sinner more than you love life. It is in your DNA. It is infused in you, and you cannot change it. You are a soul winner. You are called to the world. You are called to the nation. You are called to the community. What does it take to go from door to door? I've had every door in Bakken's, Anna, and Jackson Center slammed in my face. I have went and I've presented them cards and sheets of paper. Here, put on it where you are sick. I'm going to pray and God is going to heal you. Slam. Door after door after door. But it doesn't matter. They finally opened their door. Now they're hearing, praise God. Hallelujah. Listen to me. I am telling you that Jesus has called you and I. And the world needs the church to stand up and demonstrate itself. Hallelujah. Why did you receive the Holy Ghost? Just so you could join a group to speak in tongues? Just so you could say, I received the Holy Ghost? Just to say you're filled? No. The Holy Ghost is on the inside of you. And he is crying out, let me testify to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Nikki, can we get that song? He touched me. He touched me. Hallelujah. What joy. That floods my soul. Something happened, and now I know He touched me and He made me whole. Oh, none of you can sing any better than me anyway. I was kind of feeling bad. Oh, He touched me. Hallelujah. He touched me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How you doing, James? How's your back? Better. Lot better. Lot better. Well, stand up here. Hallelujah. And what do you need to happen on your back, James? Okay, they're deteriorating. You remember that young man that uh, uh, God called out uh, last week? He had a 
those surgeries, he had shots in his back, and uh, he was in constant pain. Yeah. He came down today and said, Pastor, I just want to thank you for my prayer. He said, I've, your prayer, I've been doing everything that I couldn't do. He said, I've just been totally healed. And he brought his brother-in-law that was, had cancer and said, I brought him for you to pray mm -hmm. for him. And I don't believe that God's a respected person, Jane. Hallelujah. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, James, I see three of those. And I see one of them that is, is uh, it's so depressed that it's, it's just hanging out to one side. Hanging out to the, it would be your uh, right side. Now, I'm going to pray for you, James. And I'm telling you what, God is going to replace those discs. And God is going to extract that pain from your back. And you're going to go home, and I'm just telling you, James, that you're coming back with the testimony. And I don't care what they've said. I don't care what they diagnosed you with. God is the reverser of the curse. God is a health giver. He is a restorer of broken things. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I command God these discs that have been bulging, that are deteriorating. God, you've heard the report of man, but God, James and I stand here right now, and God, we believe the report of the Lord. And in the name of Jesus, I command these ruptured discs to come out of him right now. God, I loose, I loose, God, the working of miracles into these discs in Jesus' name. Oh, God, I loose the working of miracles in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, James, I believe Sunday morning you're going to come in here and you're going to tell me that you've had no pain. You're going to tell me you've had no restrictions. Hallelujah. Here you go, Eric. We've been to Newark. I believe that's going to happen. Sunday morning, James. You watch. Hallelujah. 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 How are you doing, young lady? You're doing good? How about him? He doesn't do good. Now, besides having things like that in that back area going on, you've got some other issues. And God really needs to do um, an adjustment on your blood. Have you had a blood test lately? What did they say to you? You haven't got it back yet. Stand your feet. Well, when you get it back, because they're trying to get this resolved, trying to find out why, I'm going to tell you that God's already going to undo what they're looking for. You believe God can do that? Yep. And I believe that in the intestinal area, and I believe in the digestive system, God is doing something. It looks like to me that you have like a, a virus, a bug or something that is running around. That's why they can't find it. Have they done white counts and blood counts on you, red counts? Okay. Well, they're looking for something in your blood. But I'm telling you that God is going to cure that. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, 
God, I speak right now, God, to every adjustment of this skeletal system right now. In the name of Jesus, have you been to the chiropractor? And you keep dealing with a leg that keeps going out or your hip, right? And that leg keeps going short on you. Is that true? When was the last time that you was to, to him? So you just now have just surrendered to it. All right. Now, I'm going to pray for you. You, you can sit, back, sit right back there on, on that seat. Mark is going to hold your legs out, and you're going to see it grow. God is going to adjust him, and you're never going to need it again. And which leg continually goes short? This one? Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. You hold that back right there. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, God, I've spoken what is true, and I've spoken it by your Spirit. I loose right now, God, your hand to touch this man. In the name of Jesus Christ, bring this hip and this lower back, God, into alignment right now. In the name of Jesus, God, I loose right now the working of miracles. I speak, God, to this blood. I speak, God, to this intestinal, this, this bug, this virus, God, that is running around, making him feel tired, not having any energy. I curse that right now in the name of Jesus. Now, God, bring this intestinal thing into balance, and God, bring his digestive system in Jesus' name. Now, in the name of Jesus, what's happening here? Now, you've been holding this foot back, right? So, so what's happening here? Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, all the way, all the way, God, in Jesus, in Jesus. What do you think? It's good? Well, you won't have to hold it now. Have you ever had a uh, hearing loss? I think so. Do, does your father have hearing loss? Yeah, he did. He does. He did. Now, was that hereditary from him? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Well, I'm declaring right now you're never going to have hearing loss. Never. You're not going to have tendinitis. You're not going to have any of that type of stuff that uh, affects the ear in Jesus' name. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, when they get the blood test back, they're going to tell you we couldn't find anything. Don't worry about that because I'm telling you God's already found it. And you're going to be okay. And you're going to go and you're going to be whole and you're going to be strong. Now, you have any children? Five. You don't need help. Hallelujah. All right. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And oh, what joy. Could you sing that? Thank you. Mm, my soul. Yes, it happened.
come for. Lyme disease. Step right up here. So you have Lyme disease. Okay, that affects your breathing. Well, right now it's my intestines. Stuffy prayed for him. I claimed that for myself. Mm-hmm. And just my body's out of whack. And other toxins in my body. Okay. You ready? Yes, sir. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I thank you, God, that you are the healer of Lyme's disease. I speak to all of this intestinal area into this bowel system. And Father, all of these toxins in her body, I command you in the name of Jesus, come out of her. Now, God, I loose the working of miracles. I loose, God, a word of healing right now. Establish order into her system in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now, when you go home tonight, you're going to sleep, and you're going to sleep through the night. Now, I know that that's abnormal for you, but you're going to sleep through the night, and it is going to be a sign for you, and it will be enough. Just like Elijah said, I see a cloud. His servant didn't. He said, it is enough. You're going to sleep tonight, the sleep of the righteous. That is going to be a sign to you. When you wake in the morning, you'll be strong. Won't have to worry about it anymore. You rise up and you do what you would have done without ever having Lyme disease. When you go back, they'll confirm it's gone. But you act just like it's already happened. Your sleep tonight will be your sign of your miracle. Hallelujah. 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 I know he touched me. And he made me whole. Wouldn't you like to have me as a young man in choir? You know, I had a church tell me one time, said, Brother Dosak, we don't mind you being in the choir, but could you not sing? Well, what did you do? Well, I did what any child would do. I sang, and I sang. And I sang until I finally wore them out. And they just let me sing. They tried to get me involved in the end time uh, play at the church so I wouldn't sing in the Christmas. They said, would you be the sinner? I said, that don't sound like me. said, oh, we think you'd make a great singer. I said, no, I think I'll make a better tenor. I said, you aren't a tenor, but I stayed and sang. I don't know who the sinner was. Hallelujah. How are you doing today? I would like to be healed my right ear, total deafness. I was just diagnosed in January. Oh, really? Your right ear. Is that the side that she sleeps on? <laughs> Actually not. <laughs> I believe God is a God of miracles. You remember that first miracle service that you were ever in with at me? At the hair arena? Mm -hmm. Yep. I don't think it's even standing after that storm. But there was a man there that had five or six surgeries. Yes. They had scraped every bone, everything in his ear out. Yep. 
They just kept trying to dig and dig till there was nothing. He said, his wife said, he don't have nothing in his head. I said, I know. But, and he was, he was deaf. We prayed for him, and immediately God restored his hearing. Yes. Pray for a girl in Mexico who didn't even have an ear. I told her, I said, we prayed for deaf ears. You can't bring her up here. This is cheating. God opened up her deaf ear. To hear whisper. Yeah, I'm telling you, God has never failed. Uh, Carol, you and Charlie was with us where we lined up 85 deaf and dumb people in one church. Went clear around outside. God healed every one of those deaf and dumb people. Amen. Took all night to pray for those people. Hours. Every one of them was healed yes. in Mexico. Yes. I figured if he could do all them, he could do you. I believe that. I do too. Now, do they say why you lost your hearing? It's what's called sudden hearing loss syndrome, which I think is a way to say we don't really know. <laughs> sudden what? Sudden hearing loss syndrome. Well, like I could have named it that. <laughs> I had it, and then it disappeared. It, it, well, yeah, that's sudden ear loss. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, and it's this right ear. You devil right now, I command you right now. I command you, you deaf devil, in Jesus' name, I command you to come out in Jesus' name. I loose the working of miracles. I command you in the name of Jesus, be opened. Be opened in Jesus' name. Nothing? Okay, that's all right. Father, in the name of Jesus, I loose God created miracles into this eardrum, God, into these hearing. In the name of Jesus, I command you, you spirit of infirmity, come out of him. Loose him right now. Let him go. Be opened in the name of Jesus. Be opened. Yes, I, I hear part of Really? You hear that? Be opened. Oh, really? I thought you couldn't hear out of that ear. You've been lying to us all this time. <laughs> Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, you may think that that's unusual. Let me tell you something. About seven years ago, I went deaf. Most people don't even know it. So I went to the doctor, and the doctor said, you need hearing aids. I said, well, what? Then you need hearing aids. So I got hearing aids. I wore them, and little did I know, I kept using my faith. Well, about seven months ago, I retired them, and my hearing is perfect. And people say, oh, my God, you needed hearing aids. Well, you go to the dentist for your teeth. Now, let's not talk about lack of faith. Okay? Now, do you hear what I'm talking? You do? Oh, good. That way you won't be able to tell your wife, I didn't quite hear you. So when she whistles, honey, you'll be saying, oh, yeah. All right? Okay. There you go. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. It's not me. It's Jesus. Hallelujah.
Praise God forever. Hallelujah. You know, I was just in the Philippines three or four months ago. Last month. Yeah, last month. And I took one of the men I've been raising up for crusades, and I put him over the nation of the Philippines. Now, he's invited me back, but I've turned that whole nation, television station, and all that over to him. And he's excited, and uh, he's going to do a great job. His name is Matt Nichols. And uh, when we turned it over to him, I'm telling you, you ought to have seen the miracles that happened. It was amazing. Hallelujah. So the Philippines is in good hands. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you for coming. Hallelujah. Hi, Joseph. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that, God, you are an incredible, unfailing, faithful God. That, God, you are a God of restitution. You are a God of repair. You are a God of mending and a God of healing. And you yourself have declared to us as we stand here joined in faith that, God, you took all sickness out of the midst of us. And, God, we just thank you. We thank you that you have satisfied us with long life, length of days. God, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 We got the report back. What'd they say? Hmm? He's in remission. Oh, he's in remission. They call it remission. And no cancer. But before they called it cancer. Yeah. Yep. Then you said, let's pray, Pastor. And here you are. Now in remission. Praise God. Good. Let's just keep it in part until you die of old age. Hallelujah. Praise God. Come on. Shout hallelujah. Glory to God. He touched me. And oh, the joy that floods my God spoke something to me about him the other day that seemed like he thought that he was sitting in a shadow. The Lord showed me and he stepped out into the aisle and the Lord said, he's not in a shadow at all. He just doesn't realize what I'm doing in his life. So you need to tell him that no matter what he sees, know that it's the Lord that is at work for him. But I saw him sitting with you. I almost said something this morning, but you guys were hugging and all that. I thought, oh, Lord, I crashed their party. And, uh, but God showed me that he thought, you know, God, I, I'm like here in the shadows. And he stepped out right into the main aisle. And God said, he's not in the shadow at all, at all. He said, he just doesn't realize what I'm doing in his life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Me, Do I know you? 
Have I met you? Where at? Tell me where I met you at. Here? Hmm. Did you just lose somebody? Different ways of loss. Divorce. Breakup. I could ask all day long, but Jesus just said, where's your husband? She said, yeah, I ain't got one. So I know I'm right here for a reason. And I know that if God doesn't touch you like he touched that woman, that you are never going to be whole. And you need to know that Jesus is just as real to you as he was to her. And that no matter how little I say, you are hearing, God, you know right where I'm at. And God is saying to you right now that everything is going to be changed. And God is going to give you a new start. And God is going to bring things into order. You think that your life is so chaotic. Here's a piece, there's a piece, here's a piece, here. But it's really not chaotic. It's all woven together because you are involved. And God doesn't connect things and leave them scattered. Now, I'm telling you that God is going to start bringing these strings together. You're going to start seeing children. You're going to start seeing friends. You're going to start seeing family start coming together they're going to see that and I, I see it like somebody putting their hands on like a bunch of tennis shoe strings and he just starts turning and the shoes start moving the Bible says that the Lord orders our steps you're going to think how did that ever happen wow boy that's a miracle and then you're going to recall this moment right here that the Lord said that he is a God of order and he'll turn hearts from both sides to each other and God is going to do just that hallelujah were you here today this morning you're right I looked for you and you weren't God set a whole service into motion for me to say this to you and so I did what the Lord told me to do and then I looked for you and you were not here oh good then you seen that I started making a proclamation of the change of seasons and of times that all came from a morning visitation from God that God told me you tell Deb and Olin that a season change is coming. That it's going to be an established season. And it's going to be a season. Everybody, you know, does this and does that. You know, starve the cat so we can get dog food. Everybody does that. You know, 
hopefully don't do it to our kids, but we do it because we're just, you know, there's so much time and so much money. But I'm telling you that God is going to give you a season change. Now, I'm pronouncing a season change on you. Now, you watch God turn the season. You watch him. Hallelujah. 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 Hi, baby. Boy, you're more famous than, than Rocky. I tell you, you're everywhere. Thank God he looks like his mother. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He touched me. Yes, he did. I know he did. He Somebody here that just got a brain scan? Somebody here that just got a brain scan? If that's you, raise your hand up. You just, you just got a brain scan. Did they notify you before that you had a tumor in your, your brain or like an aneurysm? Anybody? Anybody? 